It's all come down to this. Wait, what are we what are we doing today? I don't even remember. We're supposed to do the part two of the goatee, but then that means the games year is over. Oh. I'm not ready. Oh no, I'm not ready. ready. There's so many games that we haven't even talked about. Do There's we have so to do? Many. Do we have to do the dramatic like you walk like the store is all empty and then you like turn out the lights for the last time and like walk out the door? Oh, that's good. And give him, hit him with a class dismissed. Yeah, he's not British. He sounds Mr. a little Mr. Feeney's not British. In my mind, Mr. Feeney is a British man. Yeah. He did um, play John Adams, so. Yeah, fam- famous British guy, John Adams. <laughs> Nearly British. <laughs> Basically. Um, so this week, let's talk about, I'm just going to scroll through some of the other games that came out this year. Trek to Yomi. I don't know what that, is, that one is. <laughs> Chocobo GP oh, is man. this week. This week, we're talking about Babylon's Fall, a game Platinum Games release, <laughs> and then everyone got what they needed out of it within the course of a couple weeks, and then they took it down. That's Shaq, Now, that I appreciate. Shaq Fu, more like Shaq Fun, you're going to love this new fighter when Shaq finally kicks ass. <laughs> Overwatch 2. It's got twice as many guys in it this time. <sighs> we didn't talk about a lot of games this year, huh? We missed a lot. Yeah, we definitely missed Shaq Fu for sure. <laughs> Phil Hartman is back in Blasto. <laughs> That's <so> sad. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the year. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I won't claim to know it, because we haven't done it yet. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I can feel in my heart that the best game of the year is Near Automata Baby. <laughs> my name is Ross Froschick, and I know the best game of the week. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the Besties. It's a video game club, but just by listening, you're a member. We used to say it's a game of the year show that goes all year long. Uh, that's not really accurate anymore, but it certainly is It is. It, it, it I mean, is, it, and it does. Show, just because we have reached the terminus of the year doesn't mean that the co- whole concept of the show has changed. It has yeah, been going no all year long. Rank. We used to, do you remember we used to... Oh, God. Remember, we used to, the way it used to work is that you would play a game and it would be the game of the year until a better game came out. And then that, it would get the best concept. Such a good concept. It's for a, a funny show. concept. We also That's picked strong. four games in one episode and picked the winner of those four games every single episode. So much work. I'm so, so much glad work. we did So it many this bad way. games. So many <laughs> yeah. games that we cared about. Anyway, yeah. This is the new and improved besties. And we're finally done changing the format. <laughs> I can't even say it. We're changing it. Feels, it, it, does, w- it feels like it, though, right? Is this our second consecutive year doing the shit the same way? Mm, I, I mean, we're so. not doing We're not no, doing we're the actually the changing the, the final five oh, things. Oh, fuck, you right. New, yeah. But I really like it. I think it's going to work. Let me, Chris, can you run us through how we got here? Sure. Well, in the past, it was just like a traditional bracket, you know? The best games down to the 16 worst, whatever it was. Now, we have inspired matchups. 
So mm. uh, last time we had, you know, uh, story games going up against each other and uh, only one wins. And now we're doing that again. So this is like not traditional bracket. We're, we're doing best possible matchups again. So it's not just however it would have uh, transpired in the bracket that we threw up on our Twitter page. Realizing could have been a little clearer on that. I'll take the L. Here's here. Make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. A few idea eggs. Here, here's the big change, though. Uh, we're gonna do this first round. Uh, it is four showdowns, eight games, and when we get the the final four, we're gonna take those final four. We're gonna toss in a little spice with uh, Elden Ring, and then we're going to organize our top five. We're not just going to, like, keep these things fighting against each other because that's not compelling. The, the, the top five games, they're all good. They're, they're all yeah. wonderful. We should be celebrating them. So uh, I think it, it's about time for us to get started with the first set of showdowns. Okay, right, we'll do that right after this brief interruption. Unless we don't have sponsors, in which case we'll just come right back. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get... There's no time to waste. I've been playing a lot of these games these past couple weeks, so I could be a little bit smarter in these discussions. Uh, our first pairing is Kirby and the Forgotten Land versus Tunic. This is the hardest one of the four for me. Of the four so much so here. that it so much so, yeah so much so that it may point out a, a fatal flaw in this uh, this final four into final five sort of uh, format, which is to say. I think both these games should be in the final four, mm. but they can't be. That's because, true because they have to because one of has rules to kill that we one. made up. Yeah. Well, the real rules. Mm, I'm gonna throw fresh under the bus. I I kind of thought we were just doing a traditional bracket, and now okay. now no, but we uh, for the you second part. I thought I thought like it would be a bit more of a traditional bracket for the second. No, part. this is Let's... gonna be more interesting. This is gonna be more okay. Interesting. No, okay, okay sure. Because no, I pit games that were similar against one another again. Yeah. So you want the, you want the final five to be like kind of like a a, 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 a melange, a, 
Yes, a tasting menu. Rather than just being like three reading games would be a drag. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Um, The first is Kirby in the Forgotten Land versus Tunic. Yes. Uh, Man, Tunic is is one of the most surprising games of the year in terms of like, uh, both in terms of the fact that like I didn't really, it wasn't on my radar, Mm -hmm. uh, but also the fact that like it just constantly unfurls and reveals like more stuff to you that has been there the entire time that you just did not know about. Like, we can talk a little. We can be a little bit more spoily in this. Yeah. This second I, I, episode. I, okay. Right? So just to, to be clear, right? I do not. I actively do not want to reveal the like bit. There's like a big mystery that extends throughout the entire game, and I do not want to talk about that because. Okay. Well, I won't say. I won't say that. I will say. That there are mechan- there there are things that your character can do in tunic from frame one, right? Yeah. That you just don't know because you don't have the instruction booklet pages telling you to do that stuff. And when you find out that like if you hold this button for a certain amount of time, your character does a special action that you can use to solve a bunch of different puzzles. Or or uh, just as simple as like you don't know you can... I remember when I started playing this game, I was like, man, I run kind of slow. I'm just going to like roll around everywhere because that yeah. feels a little bit faster. And you eventually get an instruction book page that kind of hints to you that if you just hold the roll button and move, you will run. Yeah. And There's also like a whole level up mechanic that like is not... Even when you find the instruction booklet page, it's like two fang times five yeah. fire. It's like, I don't know what that... I I, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you need to have a you need to be willing to like play this game at its own level, which is to say, like, can you be patient enough to not just look things up? Because right. I think the second you look things up, a lot of the magic of Tunic kind of falls out because you know you just lose that like thrill. But I also don't want to like gatekeep it, which is like, oh, you didn't figure this thing out, right? But so much of the game is figuring it out more so than even like Fez or like a lot of other games that have tried this so much of the game is figuring that stuff out that i i think you just lose a large chunk of it if you're i think not. that it systemizes this kind of mystery in a way that fez didn't right? yeah like where where this that that was more of a layer beneath the layer this is very much interwoven with with the game itself in ways that makes it harder to miss i think once you start pointing sure. at those threads yeah it is it is tough though because i could definitely see someone not engaging with it on its on face value and not really getting the what the the hubbub is, and it's hard because you don't want to, you know. It, it reminds me of like immortality, where people have kind of talked around, like you know, there's this other thing that, right? Like once you tell people what it is, it's kind of like, well, that's not very fun. Like I wish right. you hadn't just told me, but it's hard to sell people on it. Um, um, I will say that even I, I I agree that this game does kind of what Fez did better than how Fez did it. Uh, but I will also say, like, take the level up example. Even once I found the instruction booklet page that was like, here's here's how you can do it. Here's how you can make your character stronger, which, like, full stop, you have to fucking do. This is a hard game, y'all. Yeah. Like, it, it it is punishing. Uh, it is the most punishing at the beginning. It is a FromSoft game in that in that regard, where, like, the beginning of the game is the hardest part of the game because your character doesn't have any of these upgrades. Well, and you just don't I, know how the systems work. Like, Right. Well, well, even once I found that page, right, I still had to go online because I knew, like, it was some amalgamation of you have to use these items with fire. Yeah. But there was some, like, sub-menu that... What, uh, it, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, that... 
that surprise and that sort of unfurling magic was was very special uh, and very cool when it panned out. And when it didn't pan out, it felt unfair sometimes. Uh, uh, there, there, there is a compromise here in the menu. You can basically make yourself invincible, right? Like, that's true. So, so I, I, I think. Uh, is that wait? Is that like an accessibility? Yeah, it's an accessibility. Yeah, piece. yeah, oh, yeah. From the I'm very beginning. So, I think that that is like a nice compromise because we're talking about all the the brain teasy stuff. The combat, as Griffin said, it's not just hard. I found it like impossible. I'm not not impossible. I, I was able to do it, and I and I ended up not turning on that menu option because I'm a clown. Um. But at, at the beginning, it, it really is pretty annoying. And I, yeah. I think having that there is is a nice way for you to focus on the fun, brainy stuff of the game and not worry so much about the combat, which gets does get better, but is not especially enjoyable. I think enjoyable. zero shame. And I, ha- I turned that feature on, and I had just as much fun. Like I it, should have, it, yeah. It, it, I had no issues with doing that. Like It still felt like I was having a very cool... Yeah, experience and I, and I'm a pro league gamer, and I didn't turn it on. But Here that's also like it doesn't take anything away from my enjoyment yeah. of it for you We've to turn it on. That you did it better, right? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. did it better. That can be confirmed. Sure, but sure, it, sure, I, sure, I, sure. it doesn't bother me that you turned it on. Like I, I'm, I think 100 the best part of this game is the puzzles, is the uncovering how the systems work, and not the yeah. combat. Even though the combat is fine, it's definitely not the star of the show here. Uh, Griffin, you got to talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Land because this is going to turn into a Tunic Love Fest. Yeah, ago. sure. Uh, I I mean, we talked about it last episode, so I'm, I'm not going to lay down the, the brass tacks because that's dangerous. Sure. People could step on those and hurt themselves Ouchie. really bad. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's funny that these two are up against each other because Kirby and the Forgotten Land is the opposite game in, in terms of like holding stuff back. Yeah. But, well, you know what? I say that. Mm-hmm. It, this game does sort of show you all of its systems up front, but then it, the the extent to which it explores those systems is, I I, I think, a new paradigm, f- definitely for the Kirby series, but also like f- for Nintendo, maybe. Like I, I, Kirby has been such a kind of uh, lightweight game series from nintendo it always has been like this like oh that's that's cool i i liken it to like uh like yoshi's woolly world and like all of those games where it's like oh this is a cute this is a cute platformer not not very hard not really gonna stick with me certainly not gonna show up in any like end of year list uh except for kirby's canvas curse what was the deal yeah that game whipped ass Uh, this game breaks so many of those frankly like kind of bad game design trends that nintendo sort of leans on uh for for this series and really 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 explores everything to the 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 like logical conclusion of all of the different would, mechanics would that every nintendo protagonist and franchise were as malleable as this mm. pink glob of goo <laughs> because it the way it is adapted here is is I wish every one of Nintendo's series would have this like willingness to sort of eschew all that has come before and just say like, no, this is the most fun version of this. Well, and, yeah. and, you know, we've seen is. that more and more I from think, the biggies. You know, uh, the biggies, sure, Breath of yeah. the Wild, I mean, and to a certain extent, uh, Mario Odyssey. I think they are reevaluating what makes a X game in favor right. of something that is more and interesting. At every, at every meeting, someone raised their hand and they're just like, uh, online stuff, and that guy's fired. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have to come up with something else. And then the person sitting next to them raises their hand and says, bad online stuff. Yeah. And then mm, Reggie is like, claps. yeah. Promotion. Wait, Reggie? <laughs> I'm never gonna, from- I'm never gonna, 
I'm never going to move on from that. Uh, I, 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 I think both of these games are spectacular. Wait, I, I, can, I, can I draw one more connection between the two? Yeah, sure. So I, I, I from the eyes of a babe, uh, is how I saw Kirby in the Forgotten Land. And I thought it did something very similar to Tunic, which is I zipped through Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I enjoyed it. It was really fun. And playing it with my kid, and I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but I'll hammer it home again here. There is so much I didn't see because I didn't stop from the very beginning to actually enjoy it, to like savor all of the side stuff in this game, to like really appreciate the art, uh, all of like the hidden areas. There's so much in this game that is hidden in plain sight. And I understand Tunic is doing it in a much more thoughtful and wait and that is the entire heart of the game but i think i think it's telling that i'm seeing this game on so many top tens of people who have kids yeah. and i think it's rare i mean maybe maybe that is hey just a lot more people we know are having kids and that's why it's showing up there or maybe this is truly just a a kind of like generationally good family game and we I don't think that's, get many that, of those that's exactly it i so i got uh i got an xbox series x uh a couple weeks ago just because uh every other version of minecraft sucks shit and it's the only game that my son wants to play recently uh and i got on the game pass and i started to download like a bunch of like family games and i think doing that really gave me a deeper appreciation for kirby in the forgotten land because it's hard it's hard yeah. to make. It's hard to make that game. It's hard to make that game that is like accessible and fun and deep, uh, but not too deep that it, it scares kids off. Like it is, uh, it is a game design discipline that I did not appreciate until I think Kirby in the Forgotten Land, uh, because it is uh, in my mind like certainly the best one. It's the best family friendly game that came out this year, but it also sort of gave me a whole deeper appreciation for the entire sort of. I genre and, and you know i think it's interesting because there are a lot of games that are less accessible if you don't have the time and energy to devote to them there's a lot of games and franchises that i feel kind of excluded from like enjoy like i can appreciate them but in terms of like enjoying them there's things like i'll give you an example like destiny was hard for me to get into because of the inability to like pause and walk away from it whenever I needed to, right? Mm -hmm, like it's yeah. not, there's other games like fighting games I would put in this category, like Call of Duty. It's hard for me to like hang with that because I don't have the time because I am somebody who's like balancing work and kids and all that stuff. And it's nice to have a, 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 a game that's like, you're not probably going to enjoy it as much as everybody else if you're not in that situation, right? If you're not playing with someone else, like it, it's probably not going to be as accessible and fun for you. And I, it's an interesting other side of that coin where I've sort of felt um, precluded from getting into a lot of series because of that that restriction. It's nice to have a game that's sort of aware of it. Yeah, let's let's. I, I my vote is for for Kirby. I, I for for that very reason. I think it's the best kid kid friendly game of the year, and maybe of the last like I don't know, probably on the Switch full, fully. Uh, Better even than like Mario Odyssey, which is a masterpiece, but not one that my son has particularly taken to. I think I think Kirby is a very, very, very special game. Um, I I I love Kirby. My kids have had so much fun with it, and I've loved playing with them this year. But my experience playing Tunic is not one that I would trade for anything. I had such an incredible time uh, with that game this year, and it's so tuned to the way I like to play things. Um, I would definitely have to go with Tunic. Yeah, I'm Chris Tunic Lamp. as well. 
Oh, wow. Uh, Chris Plant? Yeah, I, I mean, I, my heart is Kirby, but uh, for the sake of this show, I, I, I will lean This is it. a shock. This is a shocking upset to me. I mean, I, I really? think Kirby, Kirby really? for me is like top three games of the year, but I think in terms of like what we recommend for people to try and knowing our listenership, I think I think Tunic will be more interesting for our listeners. That is, that's... That's what we do here, man. We're not all. That's why we're here. Also, somebody happen. is already in the document before I even said that, highlighting tunic over and over again. And that feels that, like, feels that like, feels leading. Yeah, that it was like a mob leading. boss. I don't know who it is, but I do want to say, as someone who is diagnosed as attention deficit disorder, whoever is popping in and out of the document, clicking maniacally whenever we record, one hundred percent also has ADD. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not me. But I don't know who it is. Yeah, but it is just very distracting. Know that about yourself. Italicizing things? Please stop. <laughs> uh, okay, so congratulations to Tunic. Cult of the Lamb versus Vampire Survivors. Can Ooh. we not even pretend? Vampire, y'all, okay. I spent the last week since we last recorded playing a lot of two games. One of them we'll get to later. The other one was Vampire Survivors on my phone, which I posted a clip in the Besties uh, Slack <laughs> room of me cracking that shit over my knee and drinking the fucking sweet nectar I think nectar it said you had been on the level for 99 minutes, which I didn't even think was possible. Yeah, I found a build that was uh, basically un- an unkillable, infinite gold generating just... just Leviathan. Doesn't death uh, show up and just kill you automatically? Second death? Not always. Now wait, uh, is this is this okay? I have to ask because I played uh an an astounding amount of yeah. uh the console version. Had, had you not played? I mean, I played I, I, no. I had not. Uh, I had not like finished all the levels when I played it on on, okay. on Steam Deck. Okay. Uh, and I have played a lot more than that on mobile because it is perfect for mobile. It's it, honest to God. Like, if you want to talk about like uh, game accessibility, which is not in the traditional sense, but in the like, can can anyone just get this thing? Vampire Survivors on mobile is free and fucking phenomenal and it, it is, only it requires is, one input i am never going to take it off of my phone uh See, that's why that's my only hesitation i think i'd like that but i i've spent so much time on the console version like i can't i can't go back to square it's one. up to you it depends on like when was also the last me. time you played it fucking permission <laughs> <laughs> they have they have what i'm saying is they have updated the game a lot they've added a lot of secrets they've added a lot of characters they've added new weapons they've added new bonus stages they've added like a ton of shit so it it it, it is also a game that i think you would not regret. Like I'm still like actively playing though. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm seeing all this stuff. Uh, um, I think Vampire Survivors is really, really excellent. I think Cult of the Lamb does some does some cool stuff. Uh, but I don't think I I don't think this one's even close. But Wait, this, I, is, it, this one's primordial. I mean, like this 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 is like Vampire Survivors appeals to me on like the. It cuts right to the heart of whatever it is that makes me play video games and just jams a shunt in there and pipes it full of the true gaming goodness that I, a gamer, enjoy. And it's also, I would say, like, it doesn't feel grindy. It doesn't feel like you're wasting time. Oh, really? You you don't don't agree? real? I'm happy for this game to, to to win, but like, let's not lie. Like, I don't the game is profoundly grind. As someone who is started from the beginning on the iPhone, it, 
I, I have real mixed feelings about maybe this the first though. five hours. I, again, it's been a while. Maybe the first. I want to hear about. I want to hear about. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, been a while. It's, uh, we it, don't give games a, a pass on this for being boring for five hours. That is not. No, you're right. Not our way. You're right. So, I don't, and the problem is, it's not boring. It's just it, you. You cannot compete until you grind, grinding, 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 grind to get gold to buy the upgrades that you need to be in a position to like play quote the real game, and then once you do, I mean, I. There is not a time where Vampire Survivors, a, a game of it ends, and I look back and I'm like, well, that was fulfilling. I really got something out of that. It's like, it's like drugs. Like, it's like, well, that completely consumed me, and, and yeah, I need and to that's... take it off my phone because... I like I, I I like zone into so it. So I I, I understand that concern. That is something that like that is why I had to, in a moment of clarity, delete Binding of Isaac from all my devices. <laughs> like I I couldn't I couldn't anymore. Right? Yeah. Like it, yeah. It, it, it it obsessed me at that point. I do say Vampire Survivors for when it's honestly it's my it's my exercise game. Like if yeah. I'm. I have an exercise bike and make time go fast and I need my brain to go away for a while. Yeah. So my body can do its grim work uh, um, of trying to keep me alive another decade. I yeah. would, I would push back against the, the idea that like the game's not fun for the first five hours or that you're, you haven't gotten to the real game yet because this is a, I, I, I think that it is definitely harder before you unlock all that stuff. But like, that's kind of like the bullet hell challenge of vampire survivors is gone for me uh partially because i'm fully jacked into the matrix one with the machine etc but also because like i you know i can play as one of the like super secret hyper powerful characters now and just like nothing poses a challenge there's like 150 some things that you can unlock while playing the game and so with every run that i did any run that anybody does like you are constantly unlocking new weapons new you know uh accessories new things like that and and so like I you know what fulfills you out of a game is an entirely personal decision, but I don't I don't think it's fair to say that like nothing's happening until you have put in the sweat equity. Well, you to, can't like, compete. You can't. You can like you. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, there's, can, I mean, there's no really hardcore player who can compete with a base level. But you don't I'm need sure, to survive but. to 30 minutes or whatever it is to feel like you're doing things in that game. Right. It like, should be hard to do. Like if that is the. If making it to the to the thirty minute you know time limit of a stage is like it is like one oh, of the oh. unlock requirements for like a lot of different things like that shouldn't be a given. From, well, from okay, the but then I would say the like getting the weapons that are fun, <laughs> where you are our screen clearing. That's hours and hours before you're doing that. For the average yeah, player, I, I, I just, unless, unless me, you're like me, looking up guides, right? Let me go back to this, and 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 Plant's point about guides is fair. Like I think the game has gotten better at this, but certainly at launch it was uh, very limiting in terms of like what you could figure out on your own without looking stuff up. But I would say just to define the like grindiness of it, I think the core loop of this game, the like thirty second or even ten second loop of this game, is very very strong and very fun. And it's extremely, extremely hard to pull that off in such a tight, simple game that only has one input. Like, right. I, I, I think we're getting into semantics, which is I agree with everything you're saying. I would just say the whole game is the grind. 
That's, I don't that, find that, that, that but, I, but I would and say the grind can be fun. But every but, grind, every game has grind if you don't enjoy what you're doing, right? Like, right. That's what grind, I mean. Grind only makes sense is if is if you think like this is boring. I'm doing this homework to get like, to the no, fun. No, I, I guess we're, I'm, we're, I mean to compare it to like a spelunky, right, or even a tunic that we talked about at the beginning. There's like a lot of that game that if as you know more about the game. If you if you started from the very beginning, you would have access to that game, and that that is just again, this is personal preference. Right, like, that's a type of game design that I enjoy. Right. I don't when when I can feel the artificiality of the game that I am playing it, not because I'm good, but because the more hours, the more I give the game, the more power it gives me. That I'm paying it with my time. Isn't that, that that's when you I make get that kind same, of that you can make out. that same argument when the rewards that you're getting are knowledge based. Like Spelunky, you have to grind through the stages to get the knowledge to be able to progress farther. Right, and but that's that, what pe- you're that feels out so earned. Like, yeah, for me, that for, again, for me, that feels like earned. Like the the, the idea of like growing because I'm smarter, or yeah. better. Huh. That's that this feels is, it's like interesting. I, I'm, I'm I'm not like arguing against. It's kind of like the, you get down to these like sort of core things and it's like i don't know this is just right it's apples and oranges bump up against like who i am as a human being which is right yeah 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 and again like i think i think it should go on i just i just would be cautious because i i I think that again when we say things like there's no grind i i think for certain players that would be seen as like just fundamentally you're right you're right i i i think that it is a grindy rpg sort of entry into into a, a, this particular genre i just think it does it maybe the best uh I, I think that the many 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 carrots that this game puts before you are all pretty pretty delicious except for the cat weapon what the fuck were they doing? <laughs> <laughs> suck. do you, do you um, want to talk about cult of the lamb just a little bit here honestly we talked about Cult of the lamb last time i mean it's it is but it, it just kind of uh barely made it through to this point and i think that call the lamb is like very solid, and if you're looking for like, oh, this would be fun and has a good sense of humor and uh, a little, a little dark. Then, great, um, great Steam Deck, a kind of perfect Steam Deck. It game. is for sure. For um, yeah, but. I, I think if you want to hear more about that game, you should go listen to the episode. But I agree. I think we should just push Vampire Survivors through. Cool. Uh, next up, God of War Ragnarok versus Nobody Saves the World. This is definitely the funniest of the matchups. I think. Out of yeah. all these uh, final eight. Is this, before we even get into it, is this going to be the one that makes our listeners the most upset when we get to the end of it? Because I um, think I know where this one's going. I don't know. I, I, I Here, let me put out a quick data point. And this is just to have something to talk about because we uh-huh. talked about a lot. I finished God of War Ragnarok. Uh, oh. this week I, 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 <laughs> I've been I've talked about my struggles with uh, finishing that game and I finally did it this week um, and do you feel like you're a better dad now um no <laughs> the in, the pacing problems of this game are like completely uh, I mean they are persistent throughout when you think that this thing is like getting to an absolute huge climax it's almost instantly like Let's walk around in the ice. <laughs> Come, boy. Let's walk around in the ice and talk about being sad. And it's like, that is like in the next 10 minutes is just people talking about being sad. Um, I, I don't know, man. It, it's one of those that's like, by the by the force of the, uh, I think, probably budget it was allotted and talent that was put against it and, and time 
all that stuff. The narrative succeeds more than nine out of ten games just from like sheer force of will. I I kind of feel like, mm. but in terms of like, there's lots of well written dialogue in it. You know what I mean? And, and performances and are not, strong. Yeah, yeah, the performances are strong. The dialogue is strong. But the overall like way that the game works in concert with its narrative to deliver a message um, is is simply not there. I mean, it's like just not on the level of the original, the, the God of War last one. Yeah, there yeah. are there are plot beats towards the end of the game that rely on like pretty major twists and surprises and, uh, you know, MacGuffins, if you will, that just like do not they either don't feel satisfying or don't feel earned or are completely out of nowhere and they it feels like they were like oh we had no idea where to take this so we're just gonna like cut that off at the knees and end it there are emotion but i would also add there are emotional moments of this game um that do hit really strong like make me incredibly tied to these characters i just wish that the actual events the beat by beat events of the game was more interesting and i think those emotional moments are undercut by what justin was saying and we've talked about a lot the pacing issues the game the core game the the uh, and when i say core game i mean like the gameplay what you're doing in levels and combat and stuff like that incredibly strong one of the strongest most fun yeah. games i played all year no question about it but so much of the game is dedicated to that narrative and i think the narrative really kind of falls on its face and because of that balance, it, I mean, again, it's very similar to Last of Us 2 in that way, because that game also focused a ton on narrative and had amazing gameplay. But because of the focus on narrative, if it landed with you, great. But if it didn't land with you, that's a big pill to swallow and getting through that game. If I could just say one last thing, if we there is a video game trope that is like it, in a lot of games once you start seeing it. And I really wish we could cut it because you'd never see this in movies but games have this thing of like to make this a satisfying ending. The one thing we need to do is to go around to every tertiary character we've encountered and ask them if their minor drama has been com- completed or not. <laughs> and there's this sequence in this game where you're literally going from like little camp of tertiary characters that know each other and just like, well, good news, Kratos, my son isn't an owl anymore. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I have to go. I'll never see you again. And then they walk away. It's like, um, it also, do- I, it just, it, it's mainly a problem of editing. Like yeah. this would yeah. improve greatly to just cut away the crap and nonsense and just leave the good stuff in the middle. Like it's 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 very frustrating because those beats that land really land, but it's just it's yeah. not transcendent in the way the first God of War was. I, I've I've been thinking about that editing thing because a lot. I I know that we're all now older dudes who have you know responsibilities and we can't play a, a trillion hours of video games. And uh, a feedback that I see both here and on Polygon is, hey, maybe we just like long games. Maybe maybe you're just completely out of touch. And one, sure, maybe. The other thing, though, with the editing is I think games suffer that they don't have kind of media standards. And by that, I mean when you go to a movie, you know it's going to be between an hour and a half and two hours and a half. Or three hours and 12 minutes. Jim. <laughs> oh, my Appreciate gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, if it's a masterpiece and you've broken all the rules. <laughs> 
and we're talking about Babylon, not not Avatar. 2. And you only answer to the void, the the, <laughs> the blue abyss at the bottom of the sea that only you can uncover. And and this goes for all sorts of things, right? Like uh, CDs and albums, they are, they have kind of like familiar set amounts of times, or books. There are exceptions, but when you when you really go long, you have to earn it. And I think that there's a weird contrast with video games where a lot of these studios and publishers, they are measuring success not just on sales, but the time that you put into the game. That is like a key analytic that they care about. And that is just a fundamentally bizarre way of caring about art. Uh, like yeah. uh, Imagining like, you know, we, we just made this movie as... We made it 12 hours because we thought, like, well, if you're at the theater, that's, you know, 12 hours you didn't spend watching other movies. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's weird. And, and I think that is what we talk about when we talk about editing here of why? Why is it so big? What are, what are they accomplishing I, with, with the scope? Yeah, and, and, I, and I, would, I would also add, I think the complexity of game making, obviously movies very complex as well, but there is a standard of length there. With game making in particular, I think it, what's so hard is that you do not see a lot of those editing problems until extremely late in the process. When you've when already, you put paid, when you've already paid hundreds of millions. Some cost fallacy sort yeah. of issue. Exactly arises. right. So can, yeah. can, let, can we move on to Nobody Saves the... I, I, I am struggling with this round, and I want to hear... I, we talked a lot about Nobody Saves the World in the last episode. I should just stop saying that because fucking, of course we did. That's how this works. Uh, and I, it does all of that like really clever Diablo-esque stuff in a new way and was like a really fun multiplayer uh, experience for me. Uh, I, I am struggling with this round. And yeah. I'm wondering if I am in the minority here. You want Kirby to I go am, forward, don't you? Uh, well, yes, but I, I'm, but I'm only on only because like I'm kind of milk toast on both these games. Like I God of War, both of them kind of fell out of my brain in similar ways. I think God of War Ragnarok is not as good as the original God of War. I think nobody well, saves it's better than the original God of War. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, I think I think nobody saves the world is a, a great game, and I'm glad I played it. But like, if I'm comparing it to either Kirby or the two remaining games on this list i don't think either of these really cut cut the mustard for me you know what uh, here's the deal besties has always been known for its willingness to be malleable much like nintendo's pink mascot and in this case i am totally fine once again changing the rules and but saying this is the last time just to be clear yeah we're never last. gonna do it again after this, this call me mr bird's eye it's but frozen. Uh, but it's i do life. agree with both griffin and whoever else has said it of between god of war nobody says the world and kirby kirby is my preferred kirby game beats the shit it, it, it's not just okay. a case yeah, well, of like why, oh why my favorite my favorite like oh no my precious baby didn't get taken through i think kirby just beats the ever-loving shit out of both of these well games. okay that's a wild thing to say but it, okay, we will get. I'm fine with this change. I, I <laughs> none law. Okay, uh, I'm fine with this change. I just want to say one last thing, and I and I and I hope, and I'm curious if Russell the same way. All of this complaining that I'm doing about God of War Ragnarok is really it. It feels nice to have a game that I can engage with on that level. Sure, yeah. Like it. It, yes. it is nice to have something that is like critically interesting to talk about and it, it's not to do days things. gone you know right, right exactly like it's succeeding a lot more than it isn't it's just not it doesn't succeed more than its predecessor which i thought was astounding and like i 
I am in no way saying that it's not worth checking out. I feel like they're probably issuing these to anyone who owns PS5. Like, yeah. I know they're in a lot of pack-ins and stuff. Uh, I It's really absolutely worth playing. It's not a waste of time. I wish it was uh, had a better handed editing, but there's stuff in this game you should absolutely see for yourself because it's wild and a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, I, I think that gets it. What we, what we like about games is they make us feel something that we feel very, very strongly. And God of War Ragnarok is one of those games where it's like, it is a A-plus a video game video game. You know, you're you're going to have a great time spending your time doing that. But I'll, credit to Vampire Survivors here, even though it makes me very angry at times, it makes me feel that because it's doing something just bizarre and something that I do not come in contact with very often. And it basically is so minimalist that it shows the, like, very skeleton of video games. And that's yeah. cool. And, like, that's fun to talk about and it's fun to think about. And I can't stop playing it even if it makes me angry. And the yeah. fact that I literally can't stop playing a game that makes me angry is wild. Sure. Um, I, also th I also think God of War Ragnarok was an impossible sequel to make. Like, making the yeah. sequel to such a, like, revitalization and, and like self-critique. at least two or three games. Like, it yeah. feels yeah. like... Yeah. I wish it had been... This reminds me of the heyday of episodic releases. You know what I mean? Like, I wish yeah. we had yeah. had that for this. It would have been better. Uh, okay, we, we got it. Let's, let's just say I'm fine with this. Kirby... Well, in the in the battle between God of War Ragnarok and Nobody Saves the World, the winner is Kirby. Yeah. It just eats it all. It just, it just eats, eats it. It, it consumed. Okay, here's what we do. Plausibility. Kirby the Forgotten Land absorbed one of these games. That's mm -hmm. what happened. And he became, he uh, became God of War Ragnarok. I guess Nobody Saves the World thematically would be the game to absorb because it is kind of about that exactly. Yes, okay. So he absorbed Nobody Saves the World and snuck into the end. I, I man, uh, plan. Oh, man. Everyone, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take at least one of these, and then Plan can take the other one. Oh, I was gonna say, can I just step up? I don't smoke, but I'm just gonna take a smoke break while Plan just kind of I monologues. Like I, no, I wanted to hear Plant talk about Citizen Sleeper because I don't feel like we got as much of his. No, 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 no. I, 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 we're all, we're all passing the buck here. Frush has been playing a lot of both these games. That yes, is the I other finished Citizen Sleeper, right? Rust, yeah. Tell me, I played, tell me your Citizen Sleeper. I thoughts. played both of these games. Um, I did not finish Pentiment. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Citizen you Sleeper. You posted a screenshot of Pentiment in the Besties chat, by the way. So that fucking seemed funny. like a like self parody almost of somebody making, of somebody what? Darning. Yeah, <laughs> learning how to uh, pull yarn into a spool and turn it into, I don't know, sewable yarn, whatever I was doing. That was a, mi a moment in Pentiment, which I found very funny. Uh, Okay, so I haven't finished Pentiment, but I did finish Citizen Sleeper. You might recall from last episode, I was like a little bit and eh, not really necessarily feeling Citizen Sleeper. It took me about a half hour more before it started clicking. And why it started clicking was I started to get like actual humanist moments with the game where mm -hmm. I was having, I was meeting characters and like starting to care about their individual stories. There was, you know, this father and his young daughter who they were trying to get off this space station and they were trying to like win this lottery that sounded like shady from the jump and you're trying to help them out and then you're like babysitting for the kid and the game is filled with those little side stories where you're really just like learning how this space station works and beats but in a really like 
humanist way that departs from, again, the first half hour of the game is like a lot of like techno babble and you're trying to just wrap your head around the systems. And then once you do that and it clicks, I think this game reaches um, these moments of like incredible, like emotional satisfaction very, very quickly for a narrative game. You know, within an hour or two, I was like bonded with these characters in ways that like, I mean, we'll talk about it in a second. I've struggled with Pentiment. I've spent probably, I, you know, Plant thinks it's less than this, but it feels like five or six hours with Pentiment. And <laughs> it has moments of that, <laughs> but it has taken so much work to get to those moments that I feel like I'm uh, kind of drowning in uh, like 30 named characters trying to like make sense of who do I care about? What do I care about? Like you're in one of those chapters of Game of Thrones where they're like delving into the history from 300 years ago and you don't know why you care. And it's starting to like peek its head out where I was like talking to a woman whose uh, husband was like died from like an accident and she was really bitter about it. And I was like, okay, I'm like starting to get this. But then you sort of like, okay, well, you got to go find someone to eat lunch with. And then I had a lunch and I don't know. I, I'm that's that's the divide for these two games. Is like I think <laughs> Citizen like Sleeper talking about his day. We had a lunch. It was yeah, nice. we I mean strippers. that's really like a lot of Pentiment is like do, do, doing your day and then learning narrative from that. But like I think Citizen Sleeper gets me to the place I need to be from a narrative game standpoint much quicker and more uh, methodically then I think Pentiment is kind of languishing in that. I'm sure it gets there because I've read all the reviews. I read a bunch of Steam reviews that were like over the moon about it. I know it gets there. I just don't know that I am the person to like go all the way with it. I, I think it's it's tough in the comparison because Pentiment is doing a lot of stuff Citizen Sleeper isn't. Um, but I also think Citizen Sleeper is, I, I mean, I think it is the best written game I've ever seen. Like, I don't think there is a game where the writing constantly, all the characters, all the narration is evocative, like, with every second. Like, if you're going to make a game that's reading, the reading better be this good. And uh, there are so many stories in Citizen Sleeper that I, like, really impacted me. And the ways it sort of meditated on that central theme, uh, I thought were just, just amazing. Um, Can I offer a counterpoint to Russ's whole argument about the humanist sort of angle connecting? With sure, him? yeah, please. My character was a, like a hacker at the beginning, and so my favorite, yeah, <laughs> I was hacking illuminated script. Um, I was doing Hack some quick. I yeah, I found some new chapters of Matthew that were uh, locked behind a firewall. Matthew sixty nine. Matthew sixty nine. Holy shit. Um, no, in, in, in Citizen Sleeper, I played a hacker. And so the game clicked for me when I met a sentient vending machine and that had to help help terminate a rogue AI. <laughs> like, for me, it was just pure. All of the, like, yeah, your characters, you guys are having some real struggles. Just humans trying to get by in this space station. I just want to go hang out with this fucking sentient vending machine and just talk about techno garbage for the next two hours. So, and that was that whole my sequence shit. is so fucking, fucking amazing. Uh, so like, it's got something for everyone. Even people who don't care about video game characters like me. I, I think you're right that Citizen Sleeper is much more approachable. It, it is considerably more episodic yeah. in terms of like, hey, this is the vending machine sequence or this is the, yeah. the babysitting sequence or this is the deep forest uh, sequence and I think just having a little bit of game, you know the yeah. the, the right amount of game for type of the stuff. Yeah, 
it, it, it really does help a lot. And I think it is so generous to the player. Uh, I, we talked about this a little bit, but it, it feels like life and death at all times. But the game really is watching out for you. Yeah. It is yeah, for making sure, sure that while, you're going to. While also presenting you with like challenging and meaningful decisions it, literally constantly. It, uh, it, I, 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 I was playing yesterday. This was the other game that I mentioned playing a lot of earlier. I was playing yesterday and I was like helping somebody rebuild their ship. And the whole time I was like fucking broke and dying and starving. Uh, I didn't have the money to like get the medicine I needed. I didn't have the dice I needed to like sunbathe and recharge my batteries. Uh, and then I helped this person finish their ship. And they're like, okay, we need one last component. I'm going to give you a hundred credits to go buy it. And I was like, ah, fuck. Like, okay. Like, yeah, sure. I would love to help you out with this. Can I go buy myself some a food. double quarter pounder. Like, can I <laughs> go and noodles. get some noodles for me to be alive? This is an investment in your future. Because if I die from noodle deprivation, that's mm. going to impact you in the end. Re- real, real quick, I just want to say also, like, I've been playing a good amount of Pentiment, uh, and I've it's really been clicking for me a lot more. Um, I I think that it benefited from kind of having played everything else that I needed to play, yeah. and so I gave. You really like if you want to get something out of this, you really need to slow down, and it's well, like not it's, something it that is you can... a book. Th- that this is the kind of epiphany that I had talking with Fresh yesterday while he was huh. trying to work his way through it. Is Pentiment is just experimental fiction? Like th- there is a game in it in the sense that you are either seeing or not seeing certain amounts of information and how you pull information from people, you're engaging with it in an in a interesting way. But it is not a game like anything else on this list. And I think that is why a lot of folks bounce off of it, especially people who don't like read a lot of fiction. And that's not a dig or anything. I think it, it just operates on a completely different wavelength than a traditional video game and even a story-based video game. Um, I I almost quit. Here's here's the breaking point I got to. I did not sort of realize. I did not have this epiphany that you have with Pentiment, and I was just trying to play it, kind of to get through it. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to see what was happening in the game. So I spent the first half of the first act, like when you start a new chapter, you're supposed to go around and do a bunch of like uh, mystery oh, no. investigation, and then go eat with someone. Right, he's like, I should go to sleep. And then you know, he says at the beginning of the section, and then you do a bunch of investigation, and then you go to sleep. Well, me, I was seeing that and just thinking like, okay. <laughs> so he's like, I should find someone to eat with. And the next person I found to eat with, I was just like, hey. They were like, you want to eat something? I was like, yeah, sounds good. And then it's yeah. like, clock moves, chapter ended. It's like, oh, man, I should have done something else, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and I, I almost bailed on it because it was like one day until the murder is revealed. I was like, when are they going to tell me to investigate? Because I'm just going around <sighs> I'm eating. I'm just eating <laughs> fucking almonds. This is <laughs> not going to my desk. It's great. <laughs> so I almost bailed on it at that point. But I did manage to, like, pull it back from there. Um, and, when I, and what I, like, it's really... We use the term immersive a lot for games that are um, have a high graphical fidelity and, you know, maybe have some storytelling elements in that environment. But I feel like Pentiment is immersive in the sense that, like, you're being bombarded with so many facets of this specific point in history and time 
um, that you can't help but kind of get lost in it a little bit. Like if you again, if you take the time to like engage with it and find it interesting, um, just like even little things like when you do eat with someone, you like uh, see the kind of food they might have had at the table and like choose which of that that you want to eat. And that sounds like a small thing, but like in terms of like making it an immersive experience where you really feel drawn into this uh, world, I, I I thought was really, really commendable. Yeah, I, I just think it's the most adult game I've played in a, in a long and long ass time. And and by that, I mean... Uh, Boring. Yeah, well, like uh, everything that I relate to in this game is stuff that has to do with like my time at work or my time with my family or my responsibilities. There's a lot about this game that is making decisions is hard. And you're probably not going to make the best possible decision if there is a best one. And then, because the game plays with time, it's having to live with those decisions. And, like, it's hard. I mean, I, I did, I, did any of you make it to any of the time jumps? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, where, where the time jumps go, it, it is actually <laughs> depression simulator at a certain point. Yeah. Um, of, hey, time keeps moving forward and current you has to live with the decisions of past you. And, uh, I hope that's okay because it's going to be pretty rough. Um, I, I, you know what, plan, tell me if this feels fair to you. This game is excellent, but it's not fun. Oh, I mean, you I know thought what I mean, it, and I think that that's like, we, I think we attribute, like we draw parallels between quality and fun. Uh, pretty much constantly in in games, but like this is one of those that like manages to be good and satisfying, but not fun. I I don't I I disagree, but that's just personal taste. Like I this was the most fun I had this year playing a game. I I was like completely enraptured, but it, wow. it's not fun in the sense of like no, it's not like you're not it, there's not combat fun. I guess. I don't know. For me, fun is like when I really when it like game ends or a session ends, and I like feel like better than I did when I started. For that, sure, that's like what like but see, really that's, to me is satisfying. Like we're maybe we're in a semantic argument. Yeah, right? it's yeah, like, but like it's not fun in the when I think of fun, I think of like an addictive sort of. I want to do this mechanic again because I'm learning more about yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're thinking you know, moment to moment, in which yeah, a right. book just isn't, right? Like, that's right. just not... And that's yeah, why I wouldn't I describe it's, it's Citizen Sleeper as necessarily fun it, either. It, yeah. yeah, though, Citizen Sleeper, again, because it is episodic and there is some gameplay to it, there's you do get that more hit fun. When you yeah, get a yeah, good yeah. roll. Yeah, you get uh, a good yeah, roll, you know? right? Yeah. I, I think Citizen Sleeper should win here. Pentiment is... I mean, these are quite literally my, like, number one and number two games for the year. Um... But I think Citizen Sleeper makes more sense. I think it's the one that all of y'all connect with more. I think there's more gaminess there. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, it also just it, it got me at my core. I Did did all of you leave? Or, or So a big part of the game at the beginning is you are on the space station and you are trying to find a way out, whether it's to escape a hitman or to find a new life or do any of those things. Did is that the kind of like approach that y'all took? I not intentionally, but I sort of that it, as I did more of the quests, it sort of like ended up being the ending that I got, mm. um, and that felt right to me. And I think people will probably like, oh, I'm going to try to do every side quest ever. And honestly, you can kind of do ninety percent of them in a single run because it reverts your save back to your last like major decision. Um, but yeah, no, that that yeah. that's what I I I, I, I stayed. And I gave up so many, so many opportunities to like 
go in different interesting directions. And it was like one of the most exciting endings because it it hit me that, oh, I am I'm trying to run from something or things that I'm never going to escape. And like a video game where it's like, you know what? It's hard, but I'm just going to settle down and just call this home. What a cool, what a cool way to end a video game. Um, There's also, it, there it, are a lot of it. I experienced an ending <laughs> to this game that is not what you're describing I I, I bet I, yeah. I Was it in the forest? I'm a, not going to, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. It was yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, bonkers. Yeah, we can talk about that later, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, congratulations to Citizen Sleeper. Uh, a dark horse, I would say, considering that I hadn't even really touched it before this these proceedings. Um, I think others are in the same position. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll rank the top five games of 2022. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And who's this running in from backstage with a with a chair? 
We thought he left. We thought he was out. We thought he had retired. But he is running in. They're playing his entrance music, which is the chicken dance. I never expected Whoa, this. wild. Let's talk about Elden Ring. Has anybody played it again? When was the last time everybody played Elden Ring? Yeah, this it's one, been about this, six this bad months boy came out for me. I haven't played it this six year. months. Probably about August. Okay. It's, uh, they've, they've, this, this game done changed. I think we may, I, I think actually when we recorded the first episode, they had just launched like the big Coliseum PvP update. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, it's not so well, transformative. Well, let, let, let me, let me add to this. It. Even though I haven't played since, uh, yeah, probably like the summer, um, I have continued to watch every lore video I can find, every, oh, this is an interesting build video I can find. Yeah. Anything that YouTube wants to throw at me about Elden Ring, I will watch because it is so still top of mind. And a part of me is like, oh, I want to go back and play more of it. But then I'm like, well, I'm going to wait until maybe there's DLC and do like a clean run of it. It has remained with me for the entire year. And it is extremely hard to escape the fact, and I said this early on when we first talk, talked about Elden Ring, to escape the fact that this is not my favorite game of all time. It's just like really hard to not think that. Earlier, Justin, I think it was you talking about God of War, and you were saying, you know, you throw all of this talent, all this money, all this time at a game, and you would hope that like it's going to be a, at least a certain quality, right? And then you compare that with a game like Citizen Sleeper, where it's like, basically a person and they brought just their absolute a game all their skill and they made something amazing and they you know kind of defied the odds what is wild to me about elden ring is it feels like what if you threw all that money all that time and all that talent and everybody was operating at their best yeah yeah Yeah. everybody so that everything in this game is top tier from the design to the art to the way the different characters work to the combat to, to the, the vibe one of the coolest the... open worlds i've ever seen if not yeah. the best open world it's it's incredible it, um, i yeah it's incredible. there's someone i want something i wanted to talk about and i don't know how in depth we got to it because i know we were being wary of spoilers but uh leandell which is the capital city of the world basically and certainly one of your major goals when you start playing elden ring is unquestionably, from a level design standpoint, the best level I've ever played in a video game. Full stop, I won't even hesitate. You begin at like the upper echelons of the city and you just slowly work your way through this enormous fucking thing that you can see every inch of when you first start at the city. You can, you're overlooking the whole city and every alleyway and every like, oh, this giant fucking stone dragon, you climb on that fucking dragon. Eventually you learn- infinite instances of like wait a minute could i just jump over that would would that work yeah could i do that yes you can that's a much shorter way of doing it good job you eventually realize there's a whole undercity sewers section that keeps going and going and going and eventually connects to the like under undercity the ambition of this game is fucking wild and the fact that it lands is fucking wild like unreal that they pulled this game off i am constantly blown away by it and the fact that Beneath all this, like, game design stuff is a narrative that actually is, like, you know, we were just talking about, like, we just want games that, like, make us think about stuff and feel things. Like, a narrative that is very well hidden. It's very hard to, like, access while you're playing the game. But if you take the time, you can access it. 
and on YouTube. Um, on YouTube. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me say, I want to say this. I want to say this. This was my biggest thing from my. Uh, I've I've been replaying Elden Ring because the first time, you know, I ate that fucking game up, and I think took out took down almost every boss and like really really beat the shit out of it. But I didn't do like hardly any of the NPC side quest stuff. Yeah, uh, because it wasn't easy to find or track that stuff. One of the updates added map markers uh, that show oh. you where NPCs are on the map at oh. all times. Yeah, yep. that's great. So like uh, I have been going through and trying to do as many of those I possibly can. Like uh, Alexander, the huge jar has a really fucking fun storyline that like I just straight up didn't see the first time I played it. There's a guy named Brother Corin that you meet in the round table hold who's like obsessed with this guy named Gold Mask. I met him my first playthrough and then never saw him again because he just moves out to some random part in the world and I just never found him. But now I was able to track him and I met this Gold Mask character who is just this weird silent mummy who points yeah. at things. And that's all he does. He's really fucking creepy. He looks like a redead from Zelda. <laughs> uh, and I, I, it, it, it is, has completely opened up a whole nother facet of the game to me. I think I've probably played about a dozen of these NPC storylines. Yeah, I started a clean save because I wanted to try a different build. What build? Well, I was going with a dragon communion builds or dragon spells, arcane based. Mm. A lot of bleed damage is fun. Great. Um, Can yeah, I say it, it's I, good, man? It's a good game. I I like to say something about Elden Ring. I I struggle with, and I know Plant does. I don't know how you other two feel about it, but I struggle a lot with like guilt when I'm playing video games. Like I I sometimes feel guilty about the amount of time I spend playing them, and I need something to like justify it. I guess because I I don't prioritize it in in the way I see my life. So I I tend to find some other reason that I'm playing video games. Um and for me a big thing used to be like multiplayer, like like playing with other people. Even like leaderboard stuff um used to be big on iOS, right? You'd get a little bit of that sense of community. Um and that's not as like prevalent anymore for me, um but I I feel like Elden Ring and other FromSoft games have done this, but I think the level, the depth of it and the level of anticipation, everything, it felt communal to me. Like playing through mm. Elden Ring when I did and seeing like not just on a broad scale, but talking to other people who are playing and the experiences they were having and like the discoveries that were making and being excited to like talk to somebody about that wild thing you just saw. And oh my gosh, they never even got there and how do they find it? And like that sort of like the way it made me feel connected to people who are having a similar but different experience. Yeah. Um, Not to mention really, the, really the notes and the ghosts and stuff like that, which make a single player experience feel multiplayer in that way. And fucking hysterical. I, I will stand by the fact that like, while not intended maybe by the game, eh, maybe it is. I think that the <laughs> messages that players leave in FromSoft games, especially a game as huge as Elden Ring, is some of the purest, most beautiful comedy that video games can deliver to the player. Whether it is just like someone saying like, yeah, jump off here. Try uh, butthole. But, try butt, uh, Try finger, butthole. Uh, but <laughs> then the best is just like, you come up on a corpse and it's just like, behold, mushrooms. And you loot it and it's, it's just some mushrooms. Uh, <laughs> like that, that shit gets me every time. Um, uh, let's, let, I think we could talk four hours about this game. We have already. Plant, do you, do you have anything to add? Oh, yeah, I, I, sorry. I, I just want to build off the Justin thing really quick. The, the I, 
you, Justin, you said that you know you feel guilt and things like that. I'm curious if this is the same. I don't feel guilt. I just want to know that like I am getting something out of whatever I'm consuming, and that like I'm controlling that. It's not controlling me. Mm-hmm. And that's again, I think why I have trouble with vampire survivors because like it is in control. And what is wild to me about this game is whatever I need at a time. Like, if I just want to zone out, which is, like, a perfectly valid thing, and that's why I would play Vampire Survivors or watch, like, some reality TV, it can do that for me. If I really, really want to get into the lore and, like, really think about it, I can turn on the YouTube video or or try to figure it out in the game. If I want, like, a really good, like, competitive challenge, that's there, too. What's so incredible about this game to me is it is... It's all seasons. Whatever I want, I can, I can, I would turn it on and I can focus on just that thing. And it is like delivering the best of whatever that is. All and right. that's incredible. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to start ranking these. Uh, Elden Ring is going to be number one. Like, let's, okay, let's, yeah, I, let's, that was the first point is like, can anyone make an argument one. for any of the other? I want it to start in reverse to add some tension. There's no tension. There's no tension. We cannot pretend there's tension. Elden Ring did not even have to compete to get to this point. (laughs) Elden Ring is better than these other four games. It may be better than all other games. Let's just go ahead and put it at number one, and then we'll move on. Fine. All right. So let's start in reverse for the rest of them. Okay, perfect. Maybe that'll be easier. So So is there any game on here that anyone is like, yeah, I like it a lot, but it's like, eh. Like Plant, for example, I know Vampire Survivors is probably after <laughs> yeah. you. Well, that one is Kirby for me. Where I mean, I've spoken about my love for Kirby, but I don't feel like it needs to be high on the list. It barely skated by before. Kirby is, is maybe true. my number two game on this list, so <laughs> I, don't, I would not agree with that necessarily. I um, think Vampire Survivors is probably my five of these. Okay. Same. I think that that's a quorum. I think that that's. Yeah, I, I, could, that's I could get there, right? Like, I definitely. It, there, it's doing a lot of great stuff, but it's not as much on the level that I want to engage with it. Yes. Okay. I'm fine with so that. So that leaves us with. And then I think Kirby is four. Kirby's four. I'm, uh, I'm good with Kirby being four as well. Okay. All that right. seems Griffith. I, I, I think the people who love t- Tunic is just. And then I think it's Tunic, and then I think it's Citizen Sleeper is number I two. I think it's Citizen Sleeper and then Tunic. Yeah, I would I put Tunic as number at two. Three, Tunic at two. Oh, okay, what? so I would put Citizen Sleeper at two. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was worried agree. for a second we wouldn't have tension in the final ranking. All right, I, I could, I could hear good, that argument. I, I think Come that. Ah, oh, man, I'm really glad I played more Citizen Sleeper. First of yeah. all, thank you, Plant, for pushing that. Um, ah, man, it's it, we're talking uh, all five of these games. Are, it's funny. This is a first of all a killer top five games of, yeah. of the the fact that these five games came out in the same year is is uh, incomprehensible and so, arguable <laughs> thanks to vampire survivors but yeah um ah man i think that the uh, the writing in citizen sleeper is next level but i i think that the the, the magic trick of tunic is so s- special and kind of unprecedented and to me that was more impactful than any of the storylines yeah i don't think there's i don't think anyone has done what tunic has done like that mystery and the and baking that into the entire structure of the game i can't think of a single game that has ever done that that is like a wild accomplishment that they did and and again like the uncracking the final mystery i was filling notebooks with like handwritten shit and I never ever do that. 
um, it was so satisfying and, and special to me. And I agree with what Griffin said. I think the writing of Citizen Sleeper is fucking through the roof. Fantastic. Um, but it, yeah, Tunic feels more special to me. It's really tough because I, I think that for me, Citizen Sleeper is uh, like in a perfect world, this is the kind of game that I would want to be playing. But a lot of times my own like lizard brain sort of like dopamine seeking self like can't get there. Um, and I feel like this is the rare game that sort of rises above that to give just enough of that to keep you going through the story, but also makes the narrative and the writing and all of it so good, like so impactful and meaningful to me. Um, those lessons, the things that I took away as a human being are so much more vibrant than they are with Tunic, which is like a fantastic puzzle, but that's all it was. I mean, it, it, it and that to me doesn't stick with me in the same way that a, a like, the the stories and characters of a citizen sleeper i think we've run into this issue before right where and and to like boil this down even further like you have a game that is almost entirely based around narrative and you have a game that's almost entirely based around gameplay and um it's so difficult to say like which is more important to you and they're also both doing exactly what i want video games to be doing right like i want them to i want both uh, both of these games treat the player with so much respect, like so much, give them so much credit. Yeah. Um, and they're both exactly what I want their specific branches to be doing. So that's really tough. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, I think tunic is a deeply besties number two. So I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. I think it just, the reason it, it's hard for me is I really, really obviously love Citizen sleeper tunic. I just didn't, I, it feels like it was a game made for me, especially all the stuff of like, here's what it felt like to import video games in the 1990s. Yeah, like that's sure. what this is as a video game. And that should be like my sweet spot. And and it never fully clicked with me. So it's hard for me to like build a, a, a you know, any mental defense for it because on top of it just being separate games, I also just, it was, it was fine. It, it was not my my favorite game. I, I I like all the other games on this list much more. I will. You know what? I I'm willing to meet you there, Plant, based just on the fact that I did finish Citizen Sleeper less than a week ago. Yeah. Uh, and and I feel like there may be some recency bias there uh, in in influencing because I know how much I loved Tunic as well. So um, I'm fine with Tunic too. Are we? Is this a lock? I think, I think we're we locked. Did it. I think we did it. All right. Wow. Uh, Let's do it in reverse. All right. Now we have the tension of memory. Yeah. Okay, number 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 five. Vampire, Vampire survivors. survivors. Yay. Oh, we should all try to say the names of the Yeah, that'll sound. Is that what we're doing? Really? Number, no. Number, no. number five. Vampire. Vampire okay, you're, you're survivors. Okay, we to do it or it doesn't work. Oh. Number five. Vampire, Vampire, Vampire survivors. survivors. Number four. Kirby, Kirby. in the forgotten subtitle. Land. Number three. Citizen, Citizen Sleeper. Sleeper. Number two. Tunic. Number one. Elden Ring. Ring. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> I like this. This is a really, you're, you're right. Great. I actually do this like is this a, system. I, I, yeah, it, and I, this is a very cool list. Like, yeah, this will be even more fun when there's even a shadow of a doubt as to what number one <laughs> 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 And well, the problem is that's not going to happen next year. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Starfield, you know? Maybe Starfield yeah. is going to make a... 
There's a, a, like, no joke, there are a ton of games. This is actually a good segue to what we're going to tease for when we come back. But there are a ton of games coming out next year because all the games that you've wanted to play have kept getting delayed. And now they might actually come out next year. So there will be a lot of competition. It is not a one-horse game at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I can't believe Final Fantasy 16 comes out next year. How fucking bananas. <laughs> games are great. Do I have to play that one? Uh, yeah, no, that I'll, one, I'll, it I'll, looks I'll, good. I'll play that one for all four of you. Okay, good. They're like kaiju. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to go down this whole list of 2023 games, but I guess that's no, what no. our next episode's about. That is the next episode. All right. Okay. Um, anybody playing anything else? Oh, man. Did you have time to play other things? I've been playing a cool little thing on iOS called Afterplace. Um, I just kind of randomly found it on a, uh, um, an iOS gaming thread on Reddit, I think. Um, and it is, uh, like a eight bit sort of, uh, uh, Zelda like adventure game that is, uh, I, I know there's a lot going on in it narratively. I haven't really dug deep enough to sort of get the broader picture, but it is perfectly tuned to play with one hand, um, on, on the iPhone, which a lot of these games have that sort of cumbersome fake dual stick thing going on. Um, and this is really made to play with like one thumb on, on the iOS. And it looks cool. The music's cool. The writing's good. Um, it's called Afterplace. I think it's like four or five bucks. Um, I just downloaded this game, so I don't want to go too deep into it because I can't pretend to know a ton. But uh, I got uh, Chained Echoes, which I've seen a lot of people talking about as being like this late, uh, end of year goatee contender. It is a uh, a sixteen bit uh, RPG, sort of in the vein of uh, kind of a Chrono Triggery feel to it with uh, mechs. So that that sort of Xeno Gears element on top too. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous looking game with some really cool ways of kind of uh, evolving the turn based battle system that we are all so used to at this point. Uh, and, and from, it was a Kickstarter, I think, uh, game and everybody who has played it is just like head over heels in love with it. Uh, I just, just downloaded, I've played maybe an hour. It is very, very cool, but it is also an RPG. So I feel like that that's not even roughly, uh, not, not remotely enough time to be able to say any kind of definitive statement about it, but it's out on consoles. It's out on switch. It's out on steam. I've been playing it on steam deck. It runs great. Um, so if that's your, that's your jam, it, it feels like. This this would definitely be up your alley. I've been Chained playing... Echoes is the name of that again because it is not a good memorable title. It <laughs> no. could be anything. It's actually bad. I've been playing Undermine uh, on Steam Deck, which is a roguelite. One of the oh, ones where you, yeah, you're a miner, uh, and it's a roguelite. Oh, no. uh, you, it's it's very similar to Binding of Isaac, but you are unlocking things that make you more powerful at the end of each run. Um, and you it's top down uh it's more melee attacks than like range attacks like binding of isaac is but uh there's randomness you pick up relics that like oh this makes your uh pickaxe do fire damage sometimes and stuff like that it is fun i like it it is hard to play other games after playing by other games that are like binding of isaac or even like rogue legacy that aren't that as good as that. And I kind of yeah. think undermine is a little bit in that category. It's still super fun. And I would say it's like, has this been out for a while? Yeah, it's been it out. Has, it's yeah. been out for a while. 
uh, I saw it on a list of someone's um, favorite roguelikes to play on Switch. It was a Reddit list. Um, so I picked it up and um, it, it is very, very good. But uh, it, again, it's it's hard to oh, yeah, compete with like Rogue Legacy lot. 2 and, and uh, Binding of Isaac. This uh, sounds like something I would love. And then I just looked it up and yeah, I played a lot of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've been playing Yakuza 0. This is the time of the year where we can go and finish up games that are not stuff we're discussing on the show. And I had a big, long run of Yakuza during the summer, uh, but didn't get to finish it. So now I'm going back and doing that. And what a game. What a game. Would you recommend... Okay, I never finished any Yakuza game, uh, but I have Like a Dragon on my Steam deck. I feel like that's the one that would sing to me the most. Yes, it is I the one like- you should play. Okay, cool. Uh, Russ, thank the following people for reviews. Yeah, I'm going to very slowly and carefully thank the following people for writing reviews. We have Bo Vice, Dis Bliss, DRC4077, and $11 Logan. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone else who has written reviews across the entire year and across the entire history of the show. We greatly appreciate it, and we really appreciate everyone talking about the show and sharing it. And here are the games we talked about. Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Tunic, Cult of the Lamb, Vampire Survivors, God of War Ragnarok, Nobody Saves the World, Citizen Sleeper, Pentiment, and Undermine, Yakuza Zero, Chained Echoes, and Afterplace. Uh, We're back on January 6th with our most anticipated games of 2023, but until then, be sure to join us again next time for the besties, because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? We did it! Besties!